This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast. It's a Monday and a great one at that. We have a fabulous podcast for you today. It's also a day of celebration on Airline Drive at the Oshawa Sports Performance Center. The news is out. Saints offensive tackle Zach Streif is ending a glorious career, including a Super Bowl championship and a captainship as well with the New Orleans Saints. He's officially announcing his retirement here on this Monday, and we'll reflect on that shortly with his former teammate, great friend and mentor, and also a Saints legend, Jonathan Stinchcomb. So we're very much looking forward to that. We also begin a new week with the Pelicans, and although they've lost two here at home, uh, they're still in good shape playoff-wise, and we anticipate the return of perhaps one of their players very soon, and that's Solomon Hill. And as I'll, as I'll say later in our conversation with Solomon, I'll say it right here and now, is oh, I'm long overdue for a conversation with Solo. I really enjoy him, and he tells a good story about what he's been through over the last, oh, seven or eight months and, and what it's like for him to try and make this comeback now from a torn hamstring injury. So we're excited to join up with him on this Monday show as well. Two great conversations, to say the least. Unfortunately, I, I wish we were also talking about Pelicans' wins over the weekend. It's been a rough start to the homestand. Of course, losing yesterday to the Utah Jazz. The Pelicans will be looking to get right tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center against the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Tickets are still available for that basketball game. You can get that done at 504-525-HOOP or by going online at pelicans.com and uh, certainly on Wednesday when we get David Wesley back in we'll get his uh, take on the Pelicans homestand as it progresses again uh, through tomorrow night and before a road game on Thursday against the San Antonio Spurs but an update today from Solomon Hill and coming up next John Stinchcomb to reflect back on the fine fine career of Zach Street stay with us In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. What is big? Big is a ballin', shot calling, gravity defiant offense, and a lockdown defense. Big is you and your posse getting loud and proud. Big is an insatiable appetite for winning. Come see the Pels in a heated Southwest Division matchup against Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Houston Rockets Saturday, March 17th. Visit pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans, do it big. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. It's always great to have Saints legend John Stinchcomb with us on the Black and Blue Report. The former Saints offensive tackle is a fixture on the television broadcast during Saints preseason games, and he's around whenever the team is asked, and we certainly appreciate that. John, it's great to talk to you, and I think this is a good thing that we're talking about today, and that's the retirement of your good friend friend and protege, uh, Zach Streif. 
Well, it's a wonderful occasion. It's a guy who's accomplished so much uh, on a personal level, but even more for an organization in a city. I couldn't be prouder for him. It's been a, an awesome career and um, a day that you almost uh, you don't look forward to it because you know how much he's meant uh, to the Saints and that program. And uh, but you're you're happy for him that he's had such a successful career. Zach, uh, Zach is one of those guys. Uh, John, that we've watched really grow from, you know, from his rookie season, raw talent, uh, you know, exceptional size for the position. What was it like watching him mature as a player for you? Well, it's it's what you want with a guy like Zach. He came in, he's got the frame, but he had to work, man. He worked his tail off to get to the point where, he was arguably the best right tackle in the game for a couple of years, even though he wasn't recognized as such. I, I watched a lot of film, and when he was in his prime, I don't think there were any playing the position better than Zach at the time. So uh, from day one uh, to where he ended up and where his career took him, it required an, uh, an endless amount of work that he was willing to put in and is a testament to all these young guys that, you don't have to come in polished from day one to have a, a tremendous career. And Zach is a, a living testament to that, that he worked his butt off and, and got to a point where it was a, a fixture and cornerstone for the organization. The leadership thing has always struck me. From the day I met him, John, I, and I've known quite a few offensive linemen in my time, um, he just has something about him, though, that that – has a I don't want to say aura that's a little that doesn't fit Zach but do you kind of get what I'm saying here there's a presence with him that is also exceptional I think presence is a great word he's he's sharp he's smart he doesn't think uh, selfish thoughts it's always uh, big picture big group team first mentality and people gravitate towards that he's a natural leader and even when he didn't have the position of leadership he was influential in some older guys' uh, careers. I mean, it, he played, quote-unquote, played behind me for five years, but uh, really we were partners in it and was very helpful in the Super Bowl years. And uh, you got guys like Carl and Jari and Jermon, older guys like Goody, and he was right amongst us and just as influential and a, a part of our success as if he was one of the five. Did he reach out to you in this decision process, John? We've spoken a couple times, just uh, really more about life and the transition away from the game. Um, You know, we're we're friends first, and I've been able to walk down the path that that he's ventured down in a couple different ways, and the transition isn't always an easy one. And uh, I told him part of, his issue is, is unique in that there's so many doors that will be open. It's uh, trying to figure out which one you want to walk through that becomes the hard part. So you, you taught him on the field, and now you're teaching him about being off the field. Which one will have more <laughs> value, you think? Uh, you tell him that. You tell him I, he's still the student and I'm the master. You just let him know that, Sean, all right? <laughs> no, buddy, he's, he's a friend. It's more about uh, – it's almost like a brother. You know, you talk about life and, and having experience in some of the roads he's taken. 
just to kind of bounce ideas off one another. And I've done the same with him. He's been a good confidant and a friend um, outside of the game of football. So just just a matter of I've had a little bit of experience of uh, transitioning away from the game and trying to figure out which direction, direction to take. Johnny loves barbecue and he's involved in the beer business. How in the heck is Zach Streve going to get to a retirement weight like you did? <laughs> he's not. We already knew it from day one. You know, we used to joke in, in the locker room, we're all 300-plus pound fatties. Uh, but the, the running joke is you look around the room and be like, that guy's going to be 400 pounds, you're going to be 400 pounds. You know, you might get to 230. He'd be the exception in the room. But Zach, everybody knows. I mean, he'll claim to be big bones, but he's going to be he's going to be a big fella. I don't know what to tell you. He's not even going to come close to the twos anymore. There is one bittersweet aspect to Zach Streep's retirement, John, and that's this. We lose another piece active, actively here of the Super Bowl championship team. Um, in that sense, I'm a little sad, just a touch. Well, of course. I mean, it's, it's a changing of the guard, if you will, but that's the nature of the beast. I mean, this game waits for no man, and the fact that Zach was able to have a 12-year career, it's an anomaly. I mean, he was a, a dinosaur at 34. Um, unless you're a punter or a quarterback, there's so few and far between guys that are able uh, to play as long as he did, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast that the game continues on. And, you know, this time of year I've been working with college guys and they prepare for the draft. So when you see uh, the – flexible young bodies strong capable 23 year old that's coming in uh, it's hard to keep pace and it's it's a testament to the guys that are able to have those double digit careers as to how well they take care of their bodies and their approach to the game john stinchcomb with us hey john along those lines tough tough question here it may not be fair you know, Zach injuries did start to play a toll or take a toll rather late in his career. It's 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 never going to be the case that anybody's able to get away from this game clean. Um, but in the sense of Zach Streif, maybe even your career too, does he get to do this kind of on his own terms? Um, you get where I'm going with this as far as that realization that it still is kind of a young man's game at the end of the day? Well, it is, but I think very realistically he could play another year. It's just a matter of weighing the risk versus the reward. And you get to a point where um, if you can step back and look at it logically and and analyze what the game has done for you and what's at risk, um, there becomes a tipping point. And some guys can't realize that or uh, look at it in in a realistic way. They just keep grinding until the game chews them up and spits them out. And Zach is one of those guys that he can recognize the favor the game has has lended to him and his career, and he's able to make that choice. Um, Sure, he finished the year on IR in year 12, but I think if you ask anybody, it was his choice to whether or not, one, he could come back with the Saints, or two, look elsewhere and it's it's always nice and it's really a rarity that you can walk away from the game on your own terms. 
Yeah, don't get me wrong. This is a joyous occasion. I didn't want to take away from that by any means, John. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I will say this. Yeah, no, it is absolutely a celebration. And for me, to, to be able to call you a friend and Zach a friend, uh, the succession of right tackle for the New Orleans Saints uh, is quite an honor for me. And, and any chance I get to talk to you, I'll take it. And so I really appreciate it today, too. Well, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. It's, uh, especially when you talk about Zach. I mean, he's not only has he performed really well on the field, but has done such a great job of being that anchor point in the locker room, uh, the, the sounding voice of reason at times. And yeah, you, you witnessed it anytime the team kind of had a transition there for a couple years where, um, there might have been a, a leadership vacuum or void. When you have guys like Drew and Zach there to fill it and, and kind of bridge the gap, if you will, um, I think that's the reason why you see the success that New Orleans was able to rebound to this past season. You know, Stinch, in a way, you and Zach are teammates again as Saints legends and team ambassadors. Did you think about that? Well, I, you know, what's funny is Joe Vitt used to say all the time, uh, that we were going to walk together forever. And what's great about the game of football is even though it's, it's your profession and you do it for a living, you form lifelong friendships. And I was a part of a, a really special group. And uh, Zach is one of those guys that I'll, I'll always consider a lifelong friend. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to play beside him. John, I hope your family's well. As always, thank you so much. And I appreciate your chance to reflect a little bit on Zach's career and him as a person today, too. Yeah, well, thanks for the opportunity. It's a joyous occasion. John Stinchcomb, Saints legend, former offensive tackle, and uh, as he pointed out with my help a little bit, uh, the master to Zach Streif's uh, on-field and now off-field career. So with that being said, we'll take a break, and we'll continue on the Black and Blue Report after this. Now, Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to do it big with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out six-pack presented by Loft 18. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets, four beers, and a $20 gift certificate to Loft 18, your ultimate indoor golfing experience, all for as low as $50. Do it big with the next Guys Night Out six-pack presented by Loft 18 on Thursday, March 22nd against the Los Angeles Lakers. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. This is Solomon Hill, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Solomon, here's the good news. I don't think there's a day that goes by right now that I don't have Pelicans fans asking me when Solomon Hill coming back. The bad news is I don't really have an exact answer for him, although I, I'm encouraged to say that it seems close. How close at this point? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you either. Um, I think it's, all, it's, it's a tough thing. Um, you know, uh, when, I got, when, I, when I got injured, you know, how the injury has progressed, and it's kind of like a day-to-day thing. You know, it's one thing to be playing 
if this was something that you know I can recover over the summer, full summer, and then get a rhythm in, um, you know. But we're in a mix of what well, we won like the last what ten out of eleven, and you know we're doing good and we're, we're doing great, and the chemistry is kind of coming to, coming along. Um, and I'm just trying to take it day to day. Of course, I want to be out there. Of course, I want to play. But one thing I do know is that you know playing defense is something that it, it takes a lot of energy, not just a lot of energy, but your body has to be. Uh, has to be in a good enough position for you to be successful out there. You know, I'm t- we're talking about if I play tonight, probably having a guard, Donovan Mitchell, a guy that is really explosive. Um, you look at whoever we're playing, whether it be in the, the, the playoffs, whether it be um, the end of the stretch, all dynamic players. You know, the West is very competitive. So I just want to make sure everybody, um, even, even the staff, we all want to make sure that not only I can go out there and, and be okay, but also that I can help the team as well. I know one thing. You've been working your tail off. I mean, like old school two a day type stuff. I mean, yeah, just whatever, I, whatever I got to do to kind of put myself in the best position whenever I get the green light to go. Um, you know, because there's one thing to, to say that you're in shape or be in condition, but it's another thing to actually be out there in the game. You know, um, going out there and sprinting up and down the court. You know, at the especially at the pace that we're playing, I think we're like the number one team in pace right now, um, and the way the West is built. You know, where you want to get up there, pace and space, and get up the floor. I just have to make sure my body's not only, you know, ready to come back from injury, but also play at the same speed that everybody else is playing with. Do you trust it, your hamstring, at this point? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I trust it where I don't think about it. Now, the, the strength, is there's a big difference between the left and the right leg, of course, and the left was being was my strong leg before the injury. So uh, I definitely got some ground to cover. Uh, never, never gonna be. I don't think I'm going to be 100% for another, maybe next season. So it's just about getting in that that certain range where I know I can go out there and help the team and, and, and be productive with my minutes. Solo for a guy like me or a gal that's listening that's never had their hamstring torn off their bone, what's it like? What can you tell them about that injury? Uh, it's it's one that kind of humbled me into you know the, the things that I took for granted. Not really took for granted, but things that you do on the normal that are just things that you don't even think about. I mean, using the bathroom, uh, sleeping, you know, walking. I mean, all that stuff was kind of taken away from me that first month where, you know, it was it was a pain to even use the bathroom. Um, you know, having to be on crutches is something that I've never had to really do or be in a, in a boot. I mean, that, that was like or the cast. That, it was it was different. That, that definitely was different. Um, and then not only working yourself back, but knowing your limitations. Like, I think when I first got back on the court, I, all I could do was just shoot and dribble. I couldn't do anything else. Like, I couldn't even... Couldn't I try to take a hard step going left, and you would like I would have a sciatic nerve pain going down from like from like my lower back all the way down to my big toe, and so it was a process. It, it still is a process, you know. Just being able to dunk probably these last couple couple months, like knowing that I'll be okay on my landing, you know, it's a process and it's a slow one at that. And everybody's different, you know. I look at Chris Middleton's surgery and what he was able to come back and do for his team, but everybody's different, you know. Everybody, you know, the tear's not the same, the muscle and, and the and everything that's torn off the bone, it's its two different guys that had the same similar type of surgery. And so that's one thing I had to tell myself is that no matter how, how many weights I lift, how many times I can get on the court, it's going to have to take time to heal on its own. Solo, did you get depressed at all? And, and if you didn't, how, how didn't you during all that that you just described? It was uh, it was weird. I wouldn't really say it was depressed. I kind of was just like, I think my first thing, my first thought was like, oh, man, I'm about to put so many hours into Call of Duty. And then, um, you know, I, that's why I, that business program really really showed me something. It allowed me to put my mind somewhere else that was going to better prepare me for when I did come back in my life for future moving forward. You know, Call of Duty was not going to, you know, it, it, the amount of time I put into Call of Duty 
they're not going um, when I die. They're not going to put a magnificent Call of Duty player on my, my my tombstone. So it was able. I was able to kind of use my mind to do different things and to not really think about it. You know, I was hurt. Regardless, however I felt, I was hurt and I was going to have to wait and I was going to have to wait till I get cleared to ever play again. So I kind of just took it from there and was just like, you know, let me. Let me enjoy this time while it can because I never want to be in this position ever again. You know, they, they pay dudes to play Call of Duty now. I guess you've noticed that. Yeah, for sure. I was, you know, it's, I was watching, uh, you know, it was like some uh, eSports. You know, everybody's getting into the eSports, and uh, I just saw that from he's playing 2K. You know, it, it definitely is, but that's just something that, I mean, even that's kind of me would be I'd be disrespectful to the people that play it because they're they're really good players out there. You know, you get into a you get into a lobby with some guys that are in prestige three times and you can't move a muscle. No, it's for sure, but – I just had to do things a little bit different. Of course, I still love playing the game, but I had to change my mindset of what I was going to do with my time off. All right, one more thing. Uh, speaking of maybe beyond your playing days, play analyst here for me a little bit. Give me some thoughts about what you see with this Pelicans team in the last 11 games or so that, that you get the vantage point of the bench from. I mean, just being able to watch the pace. You know, um, AD is going to always be AD, you know, and, and I think right now he's really showing – you know, not even everything in this tool bag. You know, I think he's really has a chance to really just be comfortable. Um, I think Mech really has changed the team as far as being a guy, that, a dynamic roller and, and rim protector. You know, some of the dunks, I mean, some people think they can really go go above and beyond him, and he's meeting you at the rim. And, you know, Nico's coming in and playing some great basketball. And I think, you know, if, even for check, you know, just to see those guys at any given night, you know, somebody, Nico can get 20, you know, check and go out there and get a double-double. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of guys coming in and really helping us play. And Drew's playing his best basketball. You know, I told him if there was an all-star game for the second half of the season, you know, I think he'd be a starter. And it, it's shown on the court. You know, I think we just got to stay with it. I always say it's the first the first team to 120 wins the game, and that's how we've been. We've been putting up – I think we've been averaging like 123 or 125. And it, it's exciting basketball. And, you know, hopefully the fans can get behind us and, and we can just keep making this push. It's, it's really dope to know that we can possibly have home court advantage, and that's what we're pushing for. We were long overdue for a visit. I'm glad we got to do that, and all the best as you continue your comeback. Appreciate it. Thank you. Solomon Hill, hopefully back soon here on the floor with the New Orleans Pelicans, even in a limited role, but certainly we're rooting for him as he continues through his comeback. Every time I see him or now talk to him, as we did with this particular visit, he is uh, dripping with sweat as he is working his way back toward the ability to play again in, uh, in, in a game situation. Of course, you won't be in game shape until you actually play games, but that's... I think that's coming, and shortly, too. So, again, tomorrow night, Pelicans and Bobcats at the Smoothie King Center. We'd love to see you out at the Smoothie King Center. Otherwise, we'll have it on the radio for you, starting at 6.30 with Pelicans warm-up, and certainly on television as well with our crew with Fox Sports New Orleans. Their pregame coverage starts at the same time, and tip-off is just after 7 o'clock. Wednesday's Black and Blue Report's going to be a good one. We'll be gearing up for NFL free agency, and we'll also be talking to David Wesley on a Wesley Wednesday. Our thanks again to Jonathan Stinchcomb today and, of course, Solomon Hill. I'm Sean Kelly, and thanks for making us a part of your Monday. We'll see you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report.